0: Welcome to the We Go There podcast. I'm Lexi. And I'm Nikki. And our favorite conversations are when someone starts by saying, this might be TMI, but...
1: Exactly. We go there because no topic should be too taboo, especially when it comes to women's health. We ask the questions you may be too afraid to ask and interview the experts to get the answers you need. So we're doing this completely
0: unfiltered. 100%.
1: Okay, let's go there.
0: Okay. Hey, well, here we go. I am so excited to welcome Emily gets to the podcast today. But before we begin, just a little heads up, my mic might sound a little different than everybody else's today. It's been a it's been a morning and I'm, I'm literally going to the Apple store right after this to buy a new computer because I want to throw this one out the window. So I'm joining from my phone today with no ear pods, no mic and I'm hopeful that it sounds okay. So thanks for bearing with us and thank you both to Emily and to Lexi for their patience. Emily is got is basically in Florida right now with her her son, who's four and a half, locked into a room with her <laughs> with, and snacks. So they're like basically like don't bother mommy she's in the middle of recording a podcast and both uh my husband and Lex's husband are away and we just were struggling to get drop-off sorted out and basically be here for you today so that's a very long intro I wasn't expecting to share with everyone but there you go that's it when it seems a picture for you all <laughs> yeah. well but, but it's we're here. Impor-
2: we, we all did it
1: that's what's important we did it we're here yeah. and we're ready to <laughs> chat and if any chaos kids anything comes up at any time you know, that's just how we're going to roll today.
0: Yeah, that's it, right? We're making it happen. I love it. I ran into someone, like, at drop-off. And she's like, hey, how are you? And I was like, I can't talk. I've got a pod for 10 minutes. Bye. I'm like, okay. I yeah. feel like I know.
1: in, head down. Like beeline. And then normally people don't talk, stop and talk to me if I'm really in a rush. It's so rude, but like, I don't know what else to do.
2: No, you guys are awesome. I mean, 9am is a hard time to record and it's because I have to catch a flight. So I feel like this is amazing. And this is what infertility even is, is just like trying to make life work in the midst of all of your other responsibilities. So it's almost like a perfect way for us to come into this conversation.
0: Yeah, I love it. It is. I feel like, you know, this is actually, I've got a big smile on my face right now. So
2: <laughs> so, so Emily, these are the best conversations. Sorry. Like they are, you know, when, when you're yeah. just going to fl- like do it right. We're just going to have those raw conversations and yeah. come to the table like that. It's It's sometimes better. Yeah, I
0: I, I would agree with you. And you're an expert too. You have your own amazing podcast, your own. We're going to get into this called Day One Fertility. So Emily, I actually know you in real life, which I love to say. I feel like that's a big deal now after two and something years of this pandemic. I'm like, I remember when I hugged you in real life. Um, So Emily... Um, I used to teach you Pilates when, when I worked um, and taught corporate Pilates at a company where you used to work. And from there we've, we've kind of, we connected because we both experienced challenges around fertility. And I'm going to be honest with you in the sense that I feel like this quote unquote infertility club is a club that nobody really wants to be in, but you also recognize that when you're going through it, you really need to be part of this club because it helps stay. Keep you sane. It helps you cope with, you know. It helps you talk to people who get it because it can be very difficult for people who haven't experienced challenges, be it miscarriage, be it pregnancy loss, be it however you want to call it. You know, struggles to conceive. It's hard for people who haven't been there to relate. And I guess one of the hopes for this this recording is to help people who haven't experienced it know how to support people in their life, but also to make sure that, you know, people who are going through it know that there is a resource, there are help, there is support, you know, so on and so forth. And we also want to talk about language today. Lexi had a great conversation started before we started recording, you know, are we getting even away from the word infertility, similar to the word miscarriage, which implies that you miscarried. It's sort of like, I don't know, it feels like it's blaming somebody. I don't like it, but let's, let's go there.
2: Let's go there. Yeah, you know, I even hear myself say infertility, like because that's just the way society has like put a name on um this entire experience. But when you really break down the word infertile, you're not infertile. Like people that go through infertility have babies all the time. And words matter. So it's it's in the way in which you're when you're saying I'm going through infertility, even saying that puts that idea in your subconscious mind. Um, and so in the industry, like in general, people that are working, I think, in fertility are trying to start to shift away from that word and say, you know, I'm struggling with fertility or I'm struggling with my fertility health or um, these are my fertility issues um, because taking the in out of it allows you to say like, I'm going to, I am fertile. I'm just struggling with it a little bit right now or a lot of it. <laughs>
1: Yeah, more like
2: fertility, like just having challenges,
1: right? Like that type of, because coming into this, I was reading, you know, our, our, we go there call sheet and and what we're going to chat about today. And that was my immediate question because we're going to get into your story, Emily. I want you to share that um, because I'd love to hear it firsthand and just reading some of it um, and why this has now created this passion in you to create day one. So but in that, like reading it and seeing infertility that I immediately being someone who has hasn't had challenges, you know, conceiving, I immediately thought, oh, wait, you can't conceive. But then it was like second infertility. and I'm like, wait, how could you be infertile two times? So I do think you're right in language mattering. And I can totally appreciate how someone going through that and saying I'm infertile that planting in your mind would be be a major kind of like mental hit as well.
2: Yeah, you are like bang on. I mean, even in you reading that, which I wrote it and I'm in this so much still, I am still um, just writing out what the society is saying that I am. Do you know what I mean? Like, and um, yeah, like secondary infertility is another sort of term that's starting to get removed because again, it's not necessarily, not ne- necessarily that you're never dealt with fertility. I mean, my story is is that I probably had these issues all along, and I just got these like lucky hits. Um, but, yeah, it's it's new, right? Like IVF has only been around for forty years. So like this whole conversation is new. The society's catching up to it. There's more demand for it. Um, so like anything, I think the way in which we support it, the way in which we're going to educate around it and the way in which we're going to speak about it is just going to evolve as we evolve. And as the people that are going through it become more comfortable speaking about it, um, these things you're going to see change. We're in the midst of it now. It's good. It's a good
0: change. We're going to talk about it There's because, you know, it's, I'm going to be honest, if I hadn't gone through... You know, a miscarriage, IUIs, an IVF cycle, I would probably feel less comfortable talking about it, especially with people who are going through it. I would probably feel, and I don't know if that's how you feel at all, Lexi, mm-hmm. when you have friends who, you know, are going through it and you yourself haven't experienced it and you, you actually conceive fairly easily. Mm-hmm. Like, does it feel awkward?
1: Yeah, you feel it's, it's, a place where you want to be so supportive and you absolutely don't want to say the wrong thing because you want to be so supportive and there for someone and so i think that's where language would be very helpful in knowing like the right words and things to say and how to approach it the best way to be there for someone who's going through it because i've had two very close friends actually more than that but you know two very very close friends who have gone through you know they were 3 4 years going through this and it's how you can be there for them. Um, but it is, it's a, in it's a challenging place to be in where you're so grateful for, you know, not having to have gone through that yourself, but you can't even imagine what that person is going through and you want to be able to be as supportive as possible. So I think providing, you know, through this, some tips for people like myself would be incredibly helpful on both sides, because like Nikki, if we were friends at that time, like we didn't know each other during that time as closely with a mutual friend, but I would have wanted to know exactly what I could do to be as supportive
0: as possible. So let's, maybe Emily, you can share a little bit of context in terms of what your story is. I didn't mm-hmm. want to read it. I felt like that was a bit impersonal because you wrote, it's part of your bio, but if you could just share with us a little bit of what's your journey been like thus far? And then we can dive into this.
2: Yeah. Yeah. Um, <clears throat> sure. So in, I, I always like to say that I was somebody who had no idea a, how a baby was made. Like, I, I don't think I actually understood how a baby was made. I understood that I could have sex and then I would get a baby, but I didn't understand the intricacies like through my body, what was happening. Um, And so fertility was like never on my radar. I was never educated about it. I didn't have employers. I didn't have parents. I didn't have doctors, nobody, um, like fertility health wasn't a term. And so we were really naive. We got pregnant super easily. I have a four and a half year old son and, um, back in 2017 and like, kind of going through my, like walking the yellow brick road, you know, like checking off all these life things really easily. Um, And again, like we got pregnant with our second, it was like that two year magical gap that, you know, everyone says is like when you should start trying, which I always also say I could do an episode on that um, in itself uh, where like when you're not you don't have siblings two years apart. Everyone around you is like, when are you having your second? When are you having your second? You know, like that in itself is a thing. Or deciding you're having one kid is a thing. Anyways, um, we got pregnant really easily the second time in 2019 as well. And uh, easy pregnancy. To be fair, I think I even had some warning signs on this pregnancy, but I was not educated on those warning signs. And around six months, my water broke, um, and it, what, you know, without getting into the details, although you can learn about them if you want to check out my own podcast, but we, um, we lost her at six months due to an external infection. Um, I must've had an IUI or ate something, or I don't really know, but, um, I don't think I ate it. They, they ate something. I think some, I think I had a UTI. Um, and there's different, there are different signs with this when you're pregnant and they also removed. And I always say like, get your urine check. They removed your, the urine checks at your, tip, your regular, um, OB appointments, which is where they might've caught something like this. So, um, which I don't understand, but, uh, in October of 20, October 20th, 2019, we, we, we named her Ruby and we lost, we lost Ruby totally unexpected, like out of thin air, kind of. And you would think that this would be the moment that my infertility or fertility world kind of started to collide, but it wasn't because I thought we could get pregnant really quickly. So even grieving this and the trauma of delivering a baby that you don't bring home and all of this, I still never thought that we would have issues conceiving. Nobody talked to me about this. I didn't have anyone call me to say like, let's get you checked out. Nothing. Um, They kind of were like, when your cycle comes back, you can start trying again. So right there in the story, you can see the massive education gap um, in something like this. And then you can also see, you know, there's no emotional support. There's nowhere to go to. There's no one to talk to. You're just in complete shock, isolation, and, like you're mourning a death, you're mourning a life. there's so much complexities with a late term pregnancy loss um and you know, long story short, we tried, we tried again. <clears throat> cycle came back, we tried for all of twenty twenty, and we didn't get pregnant, which was my red flag, so oddly enough, you'd think that losing a baby would be my flag, but it wasn't. It was that we took a whole year and we couldn't get pregnant and that is what the society has told us that if you are trying for a year and you don't get pregnant, then you should speak to somebody, which also should not necessarily be the case. But that was me living in my naive bubble. Um, And we ended up going to a fertility clinic and they found the only thing they could figure out with us was that I had a low ovarian reserve. And what that basically means is, everyone is born with the amount of eggs that you will have for the rest of your life. It's kind of cool. Like if you're carrying a baby girl, you are actually carrying your grand grandkids. Oh, wow. Isn't that cool? So, so so crazy. So um, some people are born with a lot of eggs. Some people aren't, and it doesn't mean you can't get pregnant. It just means that likely you'll hit menopause a bit earlier. Um, Also when you hit 35, you're, egg quality does decrease. So if you have less eggs, then the chances of you getting pregnant just become a little harder. Um but this was never explained to me either and they kind of were like, "Well, we got to go to we tried an IUI and then they're like we got to move to IVF." And in 2021, I basically was at two different clinics, three rounds of IVF, um and one resulted in an ectopic pregnancy where I got my right fallopian tube removed. And at the hospital, they also told me this wouldn't impact our fertility, which it does. Yeah. (laughs) I love my face right now. now, I'm (laughs) like,
0: are you fucking kidding me? Like, of course it impacts.
2: Yeah. Oh man. I'm so sorry. Yeah. So it's just like, you know, through my entire, all of this. And I was like, wow, there is, first of all, there's like, why aren't people being educated about this on the like hospital level, but also I just found a lack of resources in Canada specifically. And after my first round of IVF, um, I was like, you know what? Like, I'm just going to, I kind of want to do this podcast about our journey and I want to get experts and why can't I maybe fill this gap? And I was working in corporate and this was totally a side like off the side of my desk, just like I'll do podcasts every week and, and we'll just, that'll just be a passion project. And it gave Ruby purpose. It gave my story purpose. Um, and also to be honest with you, like sharing our story was like this massive relief mm-hmm. off my, I was like, I don't have to go into dinner parties with any anxiety. <laughs> like I can just, this is what's going on with us. And um, it just felt like I cleared the air a little bit. And, um, yeah, like long story short, six months after that, it just grew. Like it was the huge demand for day one, a huge demand for it. And my creative juices just started flowing and all these offerings started coming up with day one. And I was like, you know what, I'm going to give this a go. And in September of 2021, I quit my corporate gig and I've been doing day one, Ever since, which is a huge transition going from corporate into an entrepreneur and the startup. And I'm still in the midst of transitioning. And you know, all of 2021, it was has been building day one while in real time going through our own journey, which is exactly where you guys find me today. I finished our third round of IVF in December, just like it not working. Our doctor was like, you know what, you guys actually have more of a chance, I think trying this unassisted. So I think we should try going back to natural conception. And that is a whole other thing that you have to wrap your head around. Like, what do you mean hundreds of thousands of dollars? And oh my God. medical support isn't going to get me there. Um, but anyways, they were right. We got pregnant in January. Um, and you can all imagine how stoked we were you know, you hear these stories of people that have struggled for years and they, um, they've done rounds of IVF and then they relaxed and then they started crying and the relaxed all of it. Right. And we were like, we're the story. Like we're that story. What an amazing story. I mean, I, even again, even in all of my education up to this point, I miscarriage was completely something I've never experienced miscarriage. So when we got pregnant, I was like, this is it. Like this is, I, there was zero doubt in my mind. This was not happening. Six week ultrasound, amazing. Seven week ultrasound, amazing. We go into the eight week ultrasound and there's no heartbeat. So it's been almost three years at this point. And this is pretty fresh. I mean, this happened now. We had a DNC in February and it just shows that like (laughs) how much more, how much more growth and evolution and all of these things happen in fertility. Um, and yeah, like it was a huge blow. And when I, I talk about this with my husband quite often, cause I'm like, I kind of feel like it was harder for me this round than Ruby was because in Ruby, the like physical part of it was really nauseating and like, really just, I couldn't get over like, the delivery of it. And, but I believed it could happen for us. And this was like, I knew how hard it was to get to this point. And so the loss of it was just like all my walls, just like, like coming down. Um, and I'm building a company, I'm building a fertility company. I'm, I'm talking about fertility all the time and managing our own stories. So it's a beautiful thing. It's a, it's a fine balance thing. And it is the reason why day one has to exist is because n- there isn't a place where we are informed of the realities that go behind family planning. Um, And I created this, I think, pretty awesome video around our, we documented our entire experience from when we found out we were pregnant into the miscarriage. And it's a, it's like a two minute representation of like what a miscarriage looks like, what the emotional roller coasters look like. I mean, we have videos in there of telling friends, like we were there. So, you know, um, that is the inspiration behind day one. I always say day one is, uh, the baby that I birthed through my fertility journey. And, um, and that's sort of, that's where you find me today. I have shivers. I'm
1: like too hormonal, emotional for like, oh, I'm so sorry. That's so, that's a lot. And like so beautiful that you've created this, like in Ruby and, you know, like in Ruby's honor, like she'll live on through day one. And that's so beautiful as well. But I'm so sorry for your um, most recent loss.
2: I always say that I feel Ruby is with me all the time through day one. And she was never supposed to be Earth's side. She was always supposed to be like this, this experience for us to change my life. Like Ruby has changed my life. Every professional, personal, the way I parent, like her impact on me has been so, so, so strong. So um, that 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 meaning I put on it, because I always say you kind of can choose the meanings that you want to put on your life, uh, has, has propelled me forward. That is
0: something I think that a lot of people potentially struggle with. The fact that, I mean, I'm just thinking about all the things you could possibly go through in a fertility struggle. And Emily, I feel like you literally have been through all the things, like all the things from ectopic to late pregnancy loss, to IVF, to, you know, miscarriage, to like all the things. And if anyone is qualified to talk and share and support, it's definitely you. Thank you.
2: Well, I was laughing because humor is part of all of this, where I was like, Well, I never miscarried before or DNC. And now if people follow day one, I can literally relate to <laughs> everyone. So <laughs> now yeah. you don't have to look at me and be like, but she hasn't done this. I'm like, oh, but I've checked all the except so- for a surrogacy and donor and all of that world, which is you know, which is a whole other thing. But yeah, I just laugh at it where I'm like, maybe the universe just wanted to make sure I, I was fully, fully educated, (laughs) fully experienced to be here. (laughs) Like one last box. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. Exactly.
1: Oh my gosh.
2: But you choose meaning, right? This is really important. Like after you grieve something and after, you know, I grieved hard for this one. I mean, I took a week off day one, like all the things, but then you come up for air and you're like, what do I want to do with this? What do I want to do with this loss? What do I want to do with this experience? And what meaning do I choose to put on it? And my choice of the miscarriage was it kind of, I've always started to doubt that my body could do this and doubt that we could get pregnant. And it was just a little bit of like a, don't give up my body being like, don't give up on us. Like we're, we're here for you. And I've lost a lot of connection to my body through this whole thing. And I'm choosing to say, like, I have to do a lot of work on, on coming back to my body. And, um, this miscarriage, the meaning I'm putting on it is that like a flag of being like, M it's time for you to kind of get back into your body. Um, which is why I follow Nikki all the time. And I'm like, "Ugh, I basically pee all the time by myself. Like I'm laughing and jumping and I'm like, shit, I got to deal with this. (laughs)
1: <laughs> well listen to like our first two podcasts it's all around my
2: like peeing issues <laughs> yeah well this isn't thing this thing I just want to ignore it I don't yeah. want to deal with it totally. I'm completely like dissociated to it and this miscarriage happened and I'm like no like I need to start paying attention to myself so you know you can pick and choose your thoughts
0: A 100% and also like let's just talk about in tension and how we store trauma in our pelvic floor and we hold because, you know, I find anecdotally, I think, you know, especially after any type of pregnancy loss, there is this tension that can happen because you're, you're feeling obviously anxious and scared and you're holding on. And that can certainly be associated with pain, with pain, with sex, but also leaking. So, you know, it, I think it's important if you, you know, and I think we've talked about pelvic floor physio, but to to find somebody who's really empathetic and trauma informed, you know, who's going to be a good fit for you. So, anyone listening to this, um, going through fertility, even if you haven't, you know, gone through a full term pregnancy or had a baby, I still think it's a really important
2: thing to do. Totally. And I think people don't do it as much because they're just traumatized. Like, you know, they're like, I don't want another thing down there. Oh, yeah. Wanda, <laughs> you know? the wand. Yeah. We pull wand, on that right. It's really important. It is. <laughs> Anyways,
0: yeah. So, no, for people who don't know, Wanda's the the <laughs> oh vaginal, yeah. the transvaginal ultrasound wand. The, basically, the dildo they
2: stick up yeah. every morning. Wait, that's called. Fall.
0: Her name's Wanda.
2: We named it. Yeah, yeah. the whole industry is named her Wanda. We visit Wanda all the time.
1: Wanda,
0: yeah. oh my! All right, yeah. now you know. <laughs> now I know. Um, okay, this is this is a question that I I was thinking about, and I. I feel like we need to talk about it because it's you to, to just define secondary infertility, it's basically you didn't have problems conceiving or you know during your first pregnancy. so you already have a four and a half year old son. Secondary is when you have a you know in the attempt of conceiving a second child. So that's the definition. But do you find that have has have people given you less empathy? Because they're like, well, just be happy with the one child you have. And I, and I hate this, but I feel like we have to talk about it.
2: Yes, it, it is a great thing to, for us to dive into. I, I definitely think that if you do not have a child and you are struggling to conceive, it is harder to um, relate to somebody that is struggling the second time around. Um, for sure. Like that's just the truth, you know, like if I didn't have a kid and I saw someone else that had one and they were talking about struggling, I'd be like, but you have one, you know what I mean? You have one. Um, so like, that's just, I, I'm not going to say that that's not true. That's somebody's truth. That is somebody's truth. And that's totally fair. Um, what we need to work on in like a society, like even take off this as like as a fertility topic is just your wants are your wants the way you vision envision your family is you are allowed to want something you are allowed to envision two children three children in in your life and um and if you are struggling to build that dream that is as hard to go through as somebody that is building their dream of having one or having two when they don't have their children. But when you put them together in like one box, it, it can, it's, it's tricky. And it depends on where you're at in your fertility journey. It depends on how you're being supported in your own. If you're completely isolated, you don't have a community, you don't have a therapist, you don't have all these things. Um, it's even harder to, I think, get on board with with that and everyone has to protect their own heart i think everyone has different triggers for different reasons i personally it is really hard for me to see rider interact with babies and that is something that is really sad for me i have um like i struggle with um, i have him so i have for so let me just start this again. Ryder is part of our fertility story. Ryder's four and a half. He has all of his friends that have siblings, and he talks to me every single day about why we don't have a sibling. Now, somebody that is childless right now is dealing with their own and partner's thoughts. That is that is a whole other realm for me that I have to manage And that gets, I can't control what he wants or how he wants to talk to me. So every situation is different. um, And there are different levels, different struggles, different emotional um, issues that everyone is dealing with at different times. And I don't want to sit here to say, you know, you shouldn't be triggered by me because I have a kid like you do you, you're in your thing. So I get, and I totally understand why people would feel like that. Um, but I'm having things that you can't relate to either. And so it's just a very sensitive place to be fertility. And I don't even know if I described that correctly, but that's where my head is at.
1: It makes a lot of sense. And I can imagine you probably feel Like, it's nice that you are recognizing allowing yourself to feel the way you're feeling because I can imagine some people who are having secondary infertility or fertility challenges that they would think the same, be like, well, I shouldn't be feeling this way because I have
2: a baby. Yes. Yes. That is, that's such a good point. And, you know, my narrative in my mind is like, I don't understand. I've never struggled with this. Why is this happening right now? Like, why didn't I know this before? Is this something that changed? What changed? Well, the doctor doesn't know what changed. So there's a lot of different unknowns. It's just different. Like, they're not comparable, they're two different paths. Um, and, but, but in fertility, you compare, it's in your face. You, you, are comparing all the time. And you can't do that. I mean, even if we put two people that had the exact same diagnosis, exact same protocol, everything was the same. There's a chance it would work for one and work for another. It's biology. Um, So comparing is a really dangerous thing to do. And day one, um, a mission and something we talk about a lot in day one is how to manage comparing, and how can you reframe your own story so you're not comparing all the time? Um, like, I, I just feel fertility is something that takes over your entire life, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. but there's no resources out there t- giving you tools on how not to have that happen. You need to integrate fertility struggles into your into your life. You can't have it take over. It's it's the long game. Oh, I love that so much.
0: It's so true. And I, speaking from my own experience, you know, our struggles were relatively short. Like we got relatively lucky in the sense that, you know, we, with the one IVF cycle, it worked, which is like, you know, best case scenario when it comes to IVF. And I just remember feeling so overwhelmed and it did take over my whole life. And so once it was done and, and over, and I felt like, okay, now it's like, you want to, jump out of that because it's so overwhelming you're just like I want to leave that world behind and never go back because it's so all-consuming like you can't really focus in I our, my business suffered like everything my relationships were suffering so I needed to be in that world but then you want to get out but for people who are in that world for many years on end you're absolutely right like you know if it's 18 months it's not the same as four or seven years
2: yeah yeah it's a really um it's a it's a lot like it's a lot of ups and downs and um and look it's a quest for life like it is a vo- you are volunt- you are choosing to do this it's a choice that you're putting yourself through so um because there's a huge massive reward at the end um but it it's hard and you know just to kind of close on the secondary stuff I kind of think for me personally, I had this, why I felt like I could even do what I'm doing is because we had a late term pregnancy loss, everyone already knew that we wanted to have a second baby. So it wasn't like a secret or it wasn't like I was like family planning by, on our own, like everyone knew it was there. And so I had this like little window of being like, yeah, I can say we're struggling or I can say I'm in this because of that almost. Um, where a lot of people I think are, um, when you miscarry or a bit early on, you don't want to say anything cause you don't want your employer to know. You don't want, you know, all the shit that we're all trying to work through in terms of normalizing this conversation and not having shame behind it. But, um, I felt like I had this window where it was like, I was so far along this, everyone already knew. Mm-hmm. Yeah.
0: The shame is a big one to talk about, I think. Mm-hmm like, you know, the fact that we're finally talking about it, like, it's so important. I mean, I love all the Brené Brown stuff where it's like, you know, the only way we can get through shame is essentially that vulnerability. And I've had people say, and I'm sure you probably have too, Emily, where they're like, thank you for talking about it. Maybe culturally, you know, they've been blamed or their family doesn't understand. And, you know, it's, it's important, I think, to have this conversation so you're doing a really amazing thing thank you
1: you. what do you on that like wish people knew more about infertility or fertility challenges that maybe would help in terms of reducing that shame from you know having more discussions about it out there like what do
2: you wish people knew more about it like where do I begin i know um i think like ultimately if the if the government supported it more if employers supported this more um people would feel like this is just something this is just how family planning happens and i think you know it's just opening the curtain on the realities behind family planning like It is not, it is rare for you, for people to get pregnant quickly. Um, But in, because no one talks about the other side of the coin, everyone thinks that's the normal way, but it's not, it's hard. Like, you know, millions and millions of Canadians are dealing with this or, and millions of people around the world are dealing with this. Um, But because of the generational, um, like societal way of what it means to build and what you should be, should your family should be looking like when you should be getting pregnant um it's just like compounded i think on on our generation and that's the hope i think the hope is that we can bust that and our children's children it we just normalize to this is how you build a family like um we had someone on the podcast that has a donor dot child and he was like In 18 years, that cohort is going to be like, I'm an IVF baby. I'm a donor baby. I'm a this baby. Like it just, you know, like it will just be how I hope it will just be how um, we conceive in in the world. And we have science for that, which is amazing, but it's, it's just, it is um, the emotional, Level of fertility. Everyone thinks about it from like a medical side right now. I think more, and what I would say is that it, the emotional toll of a fertility journey is um, is 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 the same level as if if more um, than than the physical aspect. I always say like the needles and the mm-hmm. procedures of IVF are like the least hardest. And yeah. everyone thinks it's the. It, if you're outside of it, you're like these people are shooting up in their stomachs with nails. I'm like, girl, <laughs> I would do that night and day, like if I didn't have to deal with the emotional side of it. So, I think it's that. It's really like uncovering the emotional aspect and the mental health um, aspect of it, and that's hard. It's hard for anyone. Think about people that are going through massive depression. They don't want to tell anybody. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And it's this feeling that you don't necessarily have control out, over the outcome,
0: no matter what you do, no matter, you know, what your diet changes are, no matter how much money you throw at it, no matter, you know, you're like, I will do, tell me what I need to do. I will fucking do it. And it yeah. doesn't chat like translate into, you know, a, a baby at the end of the day. And that's really hard to to wrap your head around, especially if you're, you know, a, an A-type personality
2: that's used to putting in effort and getting shit that you want. It's it. I mean, it's just it's 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 so complicated because it, financially, emotionally, physically, like it's so layered, and you're rolling the dice every single time, um, and you have people around you that are getting this done quickly. And there are people around you that aren't and not sharing it. So it's, is like, I, it's just, it's so layered. It's so layered. So, I mean, my simple answer to that with the note that this is like an entire episode on its own is that I wish people understood a little bit more of like the emotional toll that, um, fertility has and how long it actually, it goes on for, you know, an IVF round is three or four months. I did not know that. I thought it was a one month. Oh, it's my cycle and I'm going to just do it. Um, and it's expensive, you know, it's about 20 K every single, so it's all of these things. Um, I would just say dip your, t- if you if people could just dip their toe into understanding it, um, I think it would go a long way.
0: Yeah, totally.
1: So with that because like like from me and circling back to the beginning of our conversation around how you support someone so you know the the emotional side of it the financial side of it the lack of knowledge around a, a cycle being 3 to 4 months like those are things that I I wouldn't have known had I didn't, had I not had friends like directly going through it, who did share, but a lot of times people don't even want to share the those sides of it either. Right. So what's the best way that, how could you have been supported and how could you be supported now as you're continuing your, your journey um, through like from friends,
2: from family, what are the best things that people could be doing? I mean, the first thing I think is if you haven't told anyone to tell somebody even one person that's not your partner, you know, um choosing someone and and saying, I kind of want you to be my fertility buddy on this. Um and in that conversation, I think if you are the receiving person, it's it's not saying you have answers. It's not trying to give, you know, advice, especially if you've never experienced it before. I it's acknowledging. Acknowledging is the biggest thing. Hey, I have no idea where you're going through, but I'm here and I'm here to just listen to you. And I just want you to know that like, I kind of got you. And, um, I think there's that, I think it's really hard to share and then have people say like, you should be doing this or have you tried this? It's like, you're not, don't pretend you're an expert, um, in the space when you're not. And, um, And I think that there is something really powerful with having um, somebody that just is checking in. Hey, fertility is not, it's not happening. Struggling with fertility is not a one, one moment thing. You're struggling with fertility until you have that baby. You are thinking about this. Mm -hmm. If there's someone in your life that's struggling with fertility, they're struggling every single day. It's on their mind every single day day. There are days that it's, it's harder than others, you know, mother's day, father's day, all of those days harder. Um, if you're in the midst of a cycle way harder, you're fucking with your emotions and your hormones. So harder. Um, but checking in on somebody and just saying, Hey, I'm just, just a daily check-in. Hey, how are you? Like, doesn't need to be so deep all the time. Um, I have girlfriends that do that. Hey, just checking in or, um, Uh, Someone in my membership actually gave this really good advice that I love, which she's had, she's made a fertility buddy, which is somebody in her friend group that knows what she's going through. And if they hear about a pregnancy, they tell her first, even if that person's like, I'm not telling anyone. She just sidebars and says, Hey, you know, Jenny's, Jenny's going to share a group announcement next week. I want to give you the heads up. And so she kind of has a cone of protection around her, um, which I thought was like really, really smart. Um, and then the last, the last piece, which is like my favorite little nugget. And I posted this on our Instagram is a cousin of mine. When we had our miscarriage, sent me this really amazing text message. And you can do this for anybody that, um, is struggling with anything. And they were like, I don't know what to do for you, but here are four options. And they're like option a, you know, I'll send you a snack, like basket option B, like, do you need referrals on TV to watch like option C, like loving you from afar? Like she just was like, pick one. And I was like, this is so freaking like taking, it was just great. When you ask someone, what can I do? I mean, people in fertility don't even know what to do them for themselves. So taking out the question and kind of saying like, I'm doing something for you. Um, which one do you want? I was like, boom, that's so empowering. I love that. Oh, that makes me emotional so
0: much. Just that amount of of empathy and, and the ability for you to just respond A. Like you don't even have to be like, you can just respond with a letter, like multiple choice. I want option A yes. or I want option D. And that just, yeah, like it's true. People are like, well, let me know if you need anything. Let's be honest. Like you're not going to text them. If you need anything, like you're going to be curled up on a ball on a bathroom floor and you're not going to be like, let me go text that person who randomly said, let me know if you need anything. Like, what are you going to say? Like, you know, so exactly.
2: Is- and, you know, even like little cards, right? Like, like sending them a card, like someone, I'm just about to do a Mother's Day live. Like, how do you support somebody that's going to Mother's Day? And it's like, what about sending them a card? Or, or we have cards on day one that you can. So it's like things like that. It's like, what? don't shy away from this. The worst thing you can do is not do anything at all because you think you're going to make a mistake. It's better to say, I don't know what to say to you. I don't want to make a mistake, but I want you to know that I'm here. Like that is enough. So I know it's hard. It's hard on all ends for sure.
0: Those are helpful tips though.
2: For sure. So
1: like I definitely would do the ABC. That's like, Yes.
2: Yeah. I was like, this is amazing. Yeah.
1: So, yeah. <laughs> so helpful. Yeah. So should we talk? I, I feel like we need a little bit about day one, like just a, kind of about your membership program, how this is all, you know, I love that this is all turned into this day one. So can you share a bit more details around what day one's all about?
2: Yeah, I would love to. Thank you for asking. <laughs> Um, so day one, uh, as I've noted, like we are just shy of a year um, in June, we will be celebrating our one year day one turns one
1: Yay. and
2: I know, and um, we have the, we have a podcast. So in the podcast, it is a mix of experts, specialists, people sharing their own fertility story. I share updates on where we're at. My husband comes on. He's actually taken over and done a couple episodes. We've done one. We're about to do another where he interviewed some of his friends that have gone through it from that point of view, which is really cool. Um, And then we have a marketplace where um, there's, we've teamed up with some really awesome artists and created like fertility support cards, like stationary cards, because you also go into these like card shops and you're like, I, what thinking of you, like, I don't know what to send this person. And they're really funky and cool. And that's really what day one is, is like I'm just not, no, no offense to anything out there, fertility. I'm just not like a rainbow sunshine. Like that's not my, I can't get into it. So I was like, what would I want? Like basically day one is what I want in real time, which is kind of cool. Um, And the membership is exactly that. Um, I really, really struggled to want to join a support group. Um, It just wasn't my thing um and <laughs> i couldn't get into it and i felt everything out there was like facebook groups but thousands of people that use these support groups to like ask a question and then they jumped out of it and i just was like i i am not i don't know i'm not getting much from it and so um that is what the membership is it's either an 8 week or 6 month sign up you can join it anytime it's not like it opens you know, the first of the month and it's designed this way because when you're in fertility, sometimes you're like, I need to get into this now. And so you can get into it. You can renew as often as you want. You can take a break for a month when your eight weeks are up and come back in. Um, it's kind of a rolling thing. And we have a closed Facebook group that is moderated by a registered therapist who has expertise in fertility. So, you know, sometimes she'll sidebar me and be like, check in on this person. So we kind of have somebody that is like a cone of safety, um, there, but it's curated. It is like moderated by myself, um, Women that are in there are asking questions. They're venting. Um, we do challenges, and we have like a WhatsApp group when we run them. Um, and women are—it's all different. Some women in there are just on their first IUI. Some are um, in secondary infertility. Some are years into IVF. It's kind of a gamut. And then every um, Tuesday night at eight PM, I call them event session. We all get on together, and I share sort of like a mindset or a reframe for about 20 minutes of like, how can you integrate your fertility? How can you look at your journey differently? Um, And then people get to vent, ask questions, get advice from the group. It's super, super special container, like really special. And every month we have an expert that will come in. So we've had a naturopath, we've had acupuncturist, we've had a doctor, Um, and you have access to experts, it's hard. It's really hard to get access to experts. It's really expensive. So this is like, you can ask direct questions to these experts on anything that you want. Um, And then we have a lot of brand partnerships in there as well. And office hours. So the members can book one-on-ones with me Friday afternoons for half an hour. You can book weekly, you can book monthly um and i can just you know coach them through i do a lot of mindset coaching myself and that is a direction you'll start to see day one go into because i always say mindset is the missing piece of the fertility pie and so uh we kind of work one on one together on on reframing where you're at so it is it is exactly what i would i would want that i want i get stuff out of i'm in the membership i'm in this with you i'm on this journey too you know day 1 a lot of fertility brands out there are are people that are done with their journey and they're wanting to give back or they they saw a gap and the i think the biggest difference right now and it will evolve because i will be getting pregnant and that's okay and but it's right now it's this like really magical moment in day 1 because i'm Literally on this journey with everyone that's um, that's in the membership and um, and that's following along. So it is a really special start to the evolution of what Day One will become. It's amazing.
0: I'm on your website right now, like half looking at at our podcast and like creeping the website right now. And it's oh gosh,
2: like, it's not fully updated. No, no it's amazing. <laughs> I'm, I'm like a like, one oh. woman show over here. <laughs> <laughs> This is
0: so important what you're doing. And I I can just quickly, I can totally relate. I went to fertility yoga one time and it was like everybody holding hands and crying together in a circle. And I was like, ah, I don't want to be here.
2: (laughs) Yeah. Like sometimes, you know, one of our challenges in the membership was like fun. So the challenge was for everyone in the group to book something fun Mm. in the next 30 days. And they had to write in the Facebook group what they did. And it could be a trip or it could be, you know, literally booking a concert. It could be going for a dinner with a friend. Like we need infertility. We need prompts. We need people to be pushing us. That's not always about fertility. This isn't about fertility. We have to integrate this into our, our life. We have to find joy. We have to fill up our cup. So we have the energy to manage this.
1: That's so, so amazing. It's, yeah, I love I love this so much. And congratulations on almost one year.
2: Thank you. It's
1: amazing. There's like an amazing, there's a great quote that like sums up what you've exactly done. And I can't, the whole episode, I'm like trying to get it. I'm going to find it. But, you know, it's just taking what your experiences that you've had and being able to put this, um, you know, spin on it is like a lack of a better word of saying is truly unbelievable and congratulations like it's yeah a- Nikki and I both have been crying in this episode by the way as we're recording like it's just yeah you're incredible
0: the crack is where the light enters you I like that one too the cracks are where the light enters you and you have have gone through so much we'll call them cracks but so much light you are so full of light Emily and you are giving everyone else permission to shine as well
2: Oh, I'm going to cry. <laughs> we're all crying. I have to get on an airplane. <laughs> we're all crying, literally. You know, so. it's emotional. Like we're all moms and, and it is, you know, you, it's the best gift of life, right? It really is. And um, it's just a crazy quest to get there. Yeah. Yeah.
1: The strength of uh, women is truly, truly remarkable through all of the things. So thank you so much for sharing your story and continue and continuing to share it through what you do on day one. Um, I already have like so many friends I'm about to send and say, go here. And I can't wait them for them to listen to this episode and your podcast and all of it. Uh, so thanks so much for taking the time and way to go, Rider. Like, well done, Ryder. He did
2: good, guys. No, he, he did really good. I don't know if you heard him. He also, like, creeped in front, of, in front of me and was quiet, so he was really good. But I just want to thank both of you for, like, using your platform to shed light on this. You know, you guys are doing some amazing stuff. You speak about, uh, like, unbelievable topics. I know you've covered fertility. I mean, Nikki's been on my podcast, so um, it's just, it's people like you that, you know, you're not talking about fertility every single day. I mean, indirectly, I think you are, um, but using your platform, right? We can't change this if the people that are in this fertility journey are only talking to themselves. We need people that are outside of us to use their platform to shed light on, some, on something that um, isn't, you know, that crack isn't opened yet fully so um thank you both so so much i'm just very grateful well
0: okay. we will continue to talk about it there's no question and yeah this is just the beginning i know that this is just going to continue to grow especially your membership and everything that you're doing so keep going girl yeah
2: thank you so much
1: guys thank you. thanks again
0: Thanks for listening. Stay tuned for our next episode. And in the meantime, follow us on Instagram at WeGoTherePodcast and check out WeGoTherePodcast.com for more info.